We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Across the Board with Lutt. Counting down the days and now hours and minutes and seconds to Kentucky Derby 144. Saturday, they'll get the big race all right before 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Time on NBC between the uh, underneath the Twin Spires of Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. And we're here to talk about it as we are uh, horse racing four times a year on the uh, highly, highly rated across the board podcast. Uh, talking Kentucky Derby and Preakness and Belmont Breeders' Cup on WEI and WEI.com. We thank those who are very active on Twitter wondering where this uh, podcast would be. Of course, of course, you're getting the Derby podcast, especially for a Derby like this that we are signing up for for Saturday because the the Derby is the Derby, okay? And so, I sound like Francesa right now, people are going to be excited about the Kentucky Derby even if you had 20 terrible three-year-olds running in the race. That is not the case this year. And there are very smart people like Andy Beyer and others who are calling this field on Saturday one of the best Kentucky Derby fields of all time. I am a novice weekend player who likes the sport, but I would agree. From top to bottom, it's as deep of a derby field as I can remember. And I mean from the top, from Justify, who is your morning line favorite, the seven horse, three to one. No race is a two-year-old. We'll get to that in a second. He's fast. He's shown brilliance. He looks to be, even if he does not win the derby, and the best horses don't win the derby. Remember that when you're handicapping for Saturday. Uh, he, No matter what happens Saturday, he projects to be a generational type horse. Mendelssohn, who's going to get a lot of buzz in this podcast here today, Seems to be the best European hope ever. Aiden O'Brien ships him over off a dominant UAE Derby win where he won by a million lengths. He got a 106 buyer speed figure. And, oh, by the way, he's a Breeders' Cup winner. He won the Juvenile Turf last fall uh, out west. So it it provides that sort of ability. Uh, He provides that sort of ability in this race on Saturday. The the reigning two-year-old champ, Good Magic, a Breeders' Cup winner a year ago. Yeah, Mendelssohn went on the turf. You had good magic win of the dirt. First time we've ever had two different Breeders' Cup winners in a Kentucky Derby. He is training well. He's the buzz horse in Kentucky. Uh, he is getting a lot of talk going in. You have Bolt Doro, who chased Justify out west. You have Audible for Todd Pletcher. You have Magna Moon. He's got four horses in here, does Todd Pletcher. From top to bottom, that's, those are the top horses. There's a middle group of horses here that suggests they're going to be good as the year goes on. They could have a say in this thing. Solomini, 30-1. to 1 was as good as any of these two-year-olds a year ago. He's got a big shot to hit the board in this race. There is top-to-bottom talent that should provide you not only with an entertaining two minutes of uh, uh, racing action on Saturday when it's a good competitive field and there are 20 horses, it should be a good betting opportunity. And so our goal here today is to give you ideas. We're not, I'm not here to tout. Bernier is not a tout. Dick Girardi is not a tout. We're here to give you our opinions, our ideas to mix in with your own handicapping on Saturday. And hopefully you've got some good ideas. We've got some good ideas. And we back up the Brinks truck and go big on Derby Day 144. Uh, I mentioned Justify. You're going to hear this a lot on your telecast on NBC. Apollo Curse. No Derby winner since 1882. 
who did not race a two-year-old. Two horses trying that this year, both Magna Moon and the big-time favorite, Justify. I think there are reasons to take a shot against both Justify and Mendelssohn, who are probably going to be the top two betting choices. They both can win the race. Uh, I will use both. I will pick neither one to win on Saturday. I like a different horse who should be, uh, if not double digits, close to double digits. I will be with Bob Newmeyer and a cast of thousands, uh, WEI listeners, horse racing enthusiasts, at Mohegan Sun on Saturday. If you don't have your derby party uh, plans locked in yet, as you hear this, either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday morning, come by Mohegan Sun. Go to the ballroom. It is free. They have TVs. They have uh, nine large screen TVs throughout the entire room. They got a million betting windows. They got food. They got beverage. And they got me and Numi and Mike Vesey breaking these races down for you uh, on Saturday. As for the forecast, uh, we may allude to it once in the next hour or so. There is wet weather Friday and Saturday looming. I can't tell you how to bet the race if it rains. You got to make that decision. Uh, if the track is playing a speed, upgrade speed horses. If the closers are making a run, you upgrade your closers, I guess. Um, you've got to make that decision for yourself. It's why you've got to pay attention attention during the day uh, to where the track is playing. And you make notes, and you keep track, and you say, okay, what's going on here if there is wet weather in the forecast? Uh, but I can't handicap for that. I'm going to handicap like it's not going to be an issue uh, in these races on Saturday and on Friday, I should say. One of my biggest opinions of the weekend comes in the Kentucky Oaks. But use your best judgment and keep an eye on the track as you are uh, putting your hard-earned cash through the windows on both Oaks and Derby Day. Uh, as for my picks, will be sort of the plan here in the next uh, 40 minutes or so, I guess. Matt Bernier, Daily Racing Form, uh, will join us courtesy of DRF and the Formulator PPs. I love Formulator. If you haven't used Formulator yet, what the hell are you doing? Uh, check it out at DRF.com. It is the best way to handicap. You want to go in-depth on numbers and stats and analytics. The way sports is going, you want that. Uh, and then Dick Girardi is going to join us at ExpressBet.com, their free wagering guide, where Bob Newmeyer is featured this year. Uh, Bob will be with me at Mohegan Sun. We have a similar take on this year's Derby, which could be good or could be really bad. We'll see. But the Express Bet Wagering Guide, Dick Girardi, will join us uh, coming up. And then uh, both on Twitter and Instagram, Friday and Saturday, pictures, picks, all of it. You're going to be annoyed with me, but that's where we want to follow along. If you're not doing so, do it now at Mutt, M-U-T, uh, W-E-E-I. And I'm sure uh, the guys will be harassing me on Friday morning. On Kirk and Callahan, on uh, all things Derby and all things Pick, so listen in uh, on Friday morning as well. But as I say every single year, one of the best couple of betting days of the season comes up on Saturday. We ask you to bet with your head, not over it, and bet your own opinions. Okay, I, I want to get that out of the way before we talk to Bernie or Girardi. We're going to make picks on this race. They're just our picks or races. We're going to go over every stakes race on Saturday and the Oaks on Friday. Use your picks with our picks and make some money. Don't defer to us. Do your own work. And if you don't have an idea, maybe then use our opinions. But I would say intertwine them with what you have to say about these races. That's the best way to do it. You don't want to say, oh, geez, Mutt's an idiot. He talked me off some horse. Don't, don't let anyone do that. I've been victim of that far too many times in my uh, handicapping career. Don't let someone else lose your money. You're going to lose your money. Lose your own damn money. Lose it on your picks. Not on what Matt Bernier says or Girardi or, or, Girardi or Numi or anybody else. Lose it on your own opinion. And that's what we have here for Derby 144 and Derby Weekend Opinions, Picks, Thoughts. Let's get to it. Derby 144, Saturday at Churchill Downs, and one of the best fields we have seen in a long time for the Kentucky Derby. One of the best guys to talk Derby with is a guy locally. Uh, is from the area, now living back in the area. You read him and you see him on the Daily Racing Forum and their podcasts, their videos. 
be part of the live work uh, on DRF.com on Saturday. He's our guy, Matt Bernier, who is uh, going to put us on the winner, Matt. No pressure. Just give us the winner of the Derby. We can be on our way today. I don't know about the winner, Mike, but it's always fun. This has become sort of the annual kickstart to this next six-month stretch where obviously we've got the Triple Crown and then we cap things off with the Breeders' Cup. It's always Always fun chopping it up with you. Uh, you have spent a lot of time looking at these horses. There have been a lot of prep races that have been run. The focus has been there. And the big, I think one of the, the, big, the big headline this week is the quality of this field with guys like Annie Byer and others suggesting that it's one of the best derby fields we've seen in a long, long time. Do you buy into the hype of the ability of this group? Yeah, certainly I do. Um, I, I can understand anyone that says there are two or three horses that are head and shoulders above everyone else, but I think from 1 to 20, you could make the argument that this is as good a derby field as, as you'll ever find because I, I think there's only a handful of horses that may be a little bit suspect as far as talent is concerned. Some of them might not be doing what they ultimately want to do down the road, but from a talent standpoint, I, I can't really find any horses in here that I look at and go, well, you, you can't run at all. I think they're all very good. Some of them may not want to do this, but I think talent-wise, they're all very good. And as far as hype horses, there are there are two that stand out, at least from a, a media and a social media perspective. And it's become much more noticeable to me that I think people in the game and handicappers, media fans, whatever, they, they want to be on that, that horse mat before he is you know considered the best ever. And I think the two horses that people are on this year and for Saturday's race are two of the favorites in the race. We'll start with Justify, who's installed as your morning line favorite. He is three for three. He's trying to break uh, the Apollo curse, the only uh, derby winner since 1882, to win the Kentucky Derby, mile and a quarter, without having any two-year-old foundation. I am not doubting his brilliance, but it does feel to me like if this was any other day, if this was uh, pick, pick, a random Belmont Saturday in the summer, and you had a horse that had things his own way in his first three starts and now is meeting a bigger field, uh, beating a quality field, we would try to bet against that horse in every other situation. It feels like because of the hype around Justify and the good speed figures, it's different for a lot of people, and he feels like he'll be shorter than 3-1 to one, uh, on Derby Day. Uh, your breakdown of the morning line favor for the Kentucky Derby Justify. Well, I agree that I think he's going to be shorter than 3-1. to one. I, I think he probably floats in that 2-1, to 5-2 to two range when it's all said and done. Uh, talent-wise, I, it's hard to knock a horse that has gone out, and he, he's in rarefied air right now. The, the amount of horses that have started their career with three consecutive triple-digit buyers, you can count uh, maybe on two hands, if that. Um, it, it's He's in some rarefied air at this point. But kind of to your point, if this was just a random Saturday and a random race, He's going up against better horses. He's going to have a different pace situation in front of him. My big piece is he's shipping out of California for the first time. I have no idea how that's going to work for him. He looks good out there right now, but there's no guarantee that he doesn't throw a little bit of a fit when all the you know 170,000 people are out there hooting and hollering on Saturday afternoon. Uh, from a talent standpoint, I don't have any questions. The whole Apollo thing to me is much to do about nothing. Uh, it's... It is what it is. It's just one of those weird anomalies that it's taken this long, and maybe Saturday's the day that it changes, or maybe the, the streak continues. But I think another piece of that is that the, the horses are just campaigned so much differently than they, they have been for basically all of time as far as horse racing is concerned. They race less now than they did even 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. And I, it's a matter of time before one of these horses that didn't run as a two-year-old wins, whether it's Saturday or not. We'll find out. Is it fair, is the American Pharaoh comparison heading into the Derby, is he similar to Pharaoh, uh, who went on to win the Triple Crown? Is he, uh, is he better? Is he a notch below? Where do you put him uh, heading into the Derby on Saturday? I don't think he's as brilliant. Uh, that was the thing that kind of had me 
taken aback by American Pharoah was he was out there loving life. His ears wore up and never looked like he took a deep breath, and he was just burying fields. With Justify, he's running one graded stakes race. I understand he won it, but you look at what Pharoah had done at this point in his career. He had shipped all across the country. He had won grade ones on different surfaces. He'd won a two turns, one turn, X, Y, and Z. Justify, with the exception of the Santa Anita Derby, I mean, he's, he's beaten, uh, you know, not to be rude, but, but a bunch of 50, 75 claimers. I mean, he's faced one really good horse in Boldoro, and you could make the case that just the way that race was run, Boldoro really had no chance. Uh, I think Justify's talent is, is obvious. I just think, boy, at 5-2 at at to two on Saturday, he, he just doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, the other one is a horse that, in fact, people are going to open the racing for him and see that Matt Bernier has picked. And this has not surprised me because Matt Bernier is a, a, a big-time fan of the European foreign shippers. I've known him for a long time, and if there's a foreign shipper or a Japanese horse, uh, if there's a horse from Europe that's got a shot, he's going to be interested. He can explain why in this case. And it's Mendelssohn, the 14, who's 5-1, to one, uh, coming off a brilliant win in the UAE Derby. But my argument against, and you'll give me your argument for since you're picking him, uh, is going to be the the setup that he had in his UAE Derby. Yes, it's his only dirt start, Matt, but he was on a, a bias track that played a speed the entire time they're running in Dubai. He ran against a pretty suspect field as far as I can tell, and he is going to be taking a lot of backing from a lot of sharp, sharp handicappers like you who like him uh, in the Derby on Saturday. Explain yourself on Mendelssohn. Well, Mendelssohn, to me, is, is the most fascinating horse in the race, and I think for most people that's how they, they view him as well, because I, I said when we did the Derby preview, you can find that on, on video.drf.com, that I think if anyone wins this race for fun in a blowout fashion, it's Mendelssohn. I could also see Mendelssohn running 12th. Um, the UAE Derby, I understand entirely anybody's sort of caution going with that race because of that speed track, and he just went out there and blitzed a, a less-than-stellar field. The thing that makes me so fascinated by this horse, you go through his, his overall body of work, the minute they put blinkers on him, he's just turned into a different animal. And the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, in a very odd way to me, is the most important race of Mendelssohn's career because he sat off of a fast pace. They went very, very quick in that spot. Then he sat just in behind the lead. He tipped out, and he finished very, very nicely. It at least shows me that he doesn't need the lead. He's not a horse that is dependent on getting out there and truth be told, he's not going to be on the lead on Saturday afternoon. I think he's going to be more forward than some people expect him to be, but he won't be out there on the lead like he was at Maidan. I just think there's so many things with this horse, not even including the pedigree. You factor the pedigree into it where I kind of feel like Dirt's probably what he's wanted all along, and perhaps that's what he showed over in Dubai. Ryan Moore, his rider, said as much. He goes, he just he grabs the dirt surface. He gets over it better than anything else, and I think he just won those races on the other surfaces because he's that talented. Uh, I realize this isn't, uh, uh, I don't want to say he's not a sexy pick, but he's the idea of he's everything that you're usually against as far as gambling and handicapping is yeah. concerned. But occasionally you see those instances. I think he's just a special, an uncommon kind of horse. And I'll find out if I'm right or wrong. Look, I'll be, I'll be wrong seven times on Saturday. It's not the end of the world if it's a derby or it's another race. I think he's very, very talented. Well, you mentioned the the pace of the race, and I, and I thought it was going to be a faster pace than most people expected to be uh, going in. And then the draw confirmed it for me. When you get promises fulfilled, the number three horse uh, drew down inside. You have uh, Magna Moon on the outside. You have Justify there in the middle, who just naturally is a fast horse. There seems to be speed spread across this thing, and if you think that you know the the Frenze Fire people put Paco Lopez on to take a you know one, make one run at the end. 
I think you're nuts. I expect a pretty fast pace. That's where it's going to it's going to impact my pick in this race. What are you expecting from a pace standpoint? And is there an opportunity for one of those cookers where it goes, you know, 22 and 46, and you know from there you're looking at closers to be making a run in the land of Churchill? No, I, th- I think everyone is sort of in agreement that Promise is fulfilled as the horse that, especially based on where he drew and who is around him, that he's going to be out there on the lead. If he's not, I'd be stunned. He's been on the lead at the pace call of all five of his starts. Why would the Derby be any different? Um, it's going to really depend on what Mike Smith does with Justify, yeah. because I can see a scenario where they're content sitting just off of promises fulfilled, but if someone toward their outside is just hell-bent on trying to get to the front and possibly making Justify's life a little bit more difficult, then maybe Smith uses this horse a little bit more early. Uh, I'm seeing more and more people talk about Justify as if he may be fitting more that Bodemeister role where, you know what, they think they're on the best horse, we're going to go on with it. That's a dangerous game because well, that's what do Baffert that, does, you, though, Matt. Right? I mean, that Baffert. If you look at his his career with horses, whether it's been American Faroe times or Bodie Meister and even other, you know, just allowance and, and lower, you know, grade two and three winners, he his horses go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't expect I expect him to be forwardly placed. Just the the dangerous thing is, and not just because this is how it worked out for Bodie Meister, you do run the risk of if you go and you're hell bent on making the front. If all of a sudden you go 46 to the half and all of a sudden this horse, okay, maybe he puts away promises fulfilled, but he's never had to deal with that next wave of true quality coming after he's done some real dirty work early on. That, to me, would be a very dicey proposition. I think they would be smart to play sort of the American Pharaoh play in the Derby, where, you know what, let promises fulfilled go. Perhaps flame away is more forwardly placed as well. And then you sit just off of them three or four paths going into the first turn. And you just you're in the clear. You keep him out of harm's way. If you think you got a monster, don't don't overthink it. If you think you can just inhale those horses, do that. Take over going into the far turn and take your chance. Where did you rank the Florida Derby as we picked through this uh, Kentucky Derby field? Top Fletcher's got four of them. I think his best shot uh, and the horse that I I prefer the group uh, with number five horse Audible. Who I, I thought it was not just a, a suck up finish in the Florida Derby. I thought we saw some push button ability from him. When uh, Johnny Velasquez said go, he went. He won that race pretty comfortably in front of a horse that is getting a lot of buzz this week in Hofburg. Uh, your thoughts on the Florida Derby and the top two finishers there who are both going to take some action on Saturday? Yeah, I think the top two are both legitimate. I think Audible is probably a more likely win candidate than Hofburg, but having said that, I think Hofburg has a giant chance in this race. The, I guess the only thing that concerns me a little bit with Audible I like that he's shown some versatility two starts back. He was closer to the pace when the fractions were a little bit more on the moderate side. Uh, and then, obviously, he was able to come from way out of it in that Florida Derby. Just the, the pace scenario in that Florida Derby, there's no question that it benefited Audible and Hoffberg sure. both equally. Um, Audible may just be better than Hoffberg at this point in his career. I, I, I like the, the adaptability. My only concern, and it really no one's going to know this until they break from the gate, and if everybody breaks alertly, him being in the five, with Flame Away to the inside, with Good Magic, who has pretty decent gate speed in the six, and Justify, who we know is fast, I, I wonder, does he get a little bit of a shuffle going down that front stretch? And maybe he's more mid-pack, and he has dirt kicked in his face, really, for the first time, because it's not as though he was in and amongst horses in any of those races. He was behind them, but it's not like he was taking a ton in the, in the face. Usually you see that scrum going underneath the Twin Spires the first time, if you're in and amongst horses, that's a little bit of a precarious spot to be in. I'm not saying that that means that he can't win, but I wonder if, if Javier's going to have a little bit more than he bargains 
for, trying to figure out a way to weave through traffic and establish a decent position early. All right, so you think that was a, a, a decent prep, and, and you like those top two. You mentioned Justify out of the Santinita Derby. My guess is, Matt, that both Oro, who ran behind Justify in that race, you also think has a chance here. The, the speed figures, he's right there. Uh, you go back to his two-year-old campaign. He, he had a good two-year-old run. As any of these horses did, you can make the argument he was you know, as good and better than good magic uh, throughout the course of his two-year-old campaign. And if you think that you know the dynamics of the Sanding to Derby were just too tough for him, it should be a better scenario for him on Saturday. He's run fast enough. If it was Baffert and not someone named Mick Ruiz training, I think we'd see a lot more hype on this horse. Where do you rank Bolt Doro? Is he a true win contender in the Derby? Absolutely. He's right up there. You can make a case that each one of his three-year-old starts thus far this year are as good, if not better, than any other three-year-old races, with the exception of justifying the Santa Anita Derby, perhaps Audible in the Florida Derby, and, and maybe Mendelssohn's UAE Derby. But uh, but this horse hasn't done anything wrong in his career, and I think that's the thing. If you like Bolt Doro, I think you're banking on the fact that, okay, you know what, if you want to say the moment's going to be too big for the connections first time through or anything like that, I think you're banking on the, the fact that this horse is, is rock solid and he's consistent. I think he's going to come with a run. If he gets beat, I think it's going to be more a matter of he just isn't quite good enough on this day. Maybe it's a justify or it's an audible or it's good magic or someone else that just happens to be better than him on Saturday. I think you're going to get an honest effort out of him, though. And to me, he's one of the more likely horses to run in the Superfecta if that's sort of the, the pool that you're most willing to dip your toe into on Saturday. That's a minimum of a dollar, so you got to have a decent-sized bankroll. They don't let you play the 10-cent Supers on Derby Day, which at some point in our lifetime will change, but for now, it's still the buck. Let's do a couple superlatives here, Matt, on this field. Uh, of the, the win contenders, and I, I think there's probably uh, five or six legitimate, the single-price horses, I think Good Magic is probably in there as well. Uh, of those, who is the most likely not to be involved late. For me, it's pretty simple. It's Magna Moon, who is, is probably going to go off much higher than his 6-1 to one morning line based on the lack of buzz that he's facing. But of the single-digit horses, he's the one I, 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 can't, I can't build a race where Magna Moon is somewhere involved late. He'll probably win now for fun, but just like uh, Justify, he didn't run as a 2-year-old. He got a very easy pace in the Arkansas Derby. And of uh, the win contenders on paper, I, I want no piece of him, and if he wins, I lose. I have to be honest with you. I, I agree with you as far as the morning line is concerned. If we're talking single digits there, the way it, it, the silence has been deafening yeah. with this horse. No, there is not a soul talking about Magnum Moon. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if at this rate, if you believe sort of the lack of buzz, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off 15 to 1. And then all of a sudden, you've got to start thinking of it the other way around. You know, this game's all about value and being a contrarian. At 15 to 1, with a horse that, you know, the, the smallest margin of victory in his four lifetime starts is two lengths. At 15 to 1, he's interesting. At 6 or 8, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I suppose the only other horse, and this is probably going to be my undoing on Saturday, I've, I've never been blown away by Good Magic. I think he's a nice horse. I don't think he's a superstar. And I haven't been blown away by either one of his three year old performances. I thought he was really flat in the fountain of youth and the bluegrass. I thought it was it was workmanlike. It was a slow race. I mean, when you look at the, the, the come-home time for him was not great. I was 13th of this group. It wasn't that fast. I, I guess if you want to project pack to his two-year-old uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, you can make the case, map. but I'm with you. I usually bet if it's got four legs and Chad Brown trains it, I am betting that horse to my, to my detriment. I, I can't get a feel for good magic. No, but honestly, it really it feels like if you like good magic, if you just look, if you took all the names out of this, you would just strictly be betting this horse on Chad Brown. 
Because yes. on, on paper, yeah. he's not one of the likeliest win candidates. But I think he's going to get bet. He's the two-year-old champion. And who knows? Maybe this was Chad's plan all along. Baby step, baby step, bang. Fire in that third effort. Uh, I'll use him underneath only. but I, And I maybe, maybe defensively in picks. But I, I don't really love good magic. Uh, and the other thing, is, we, if you've followed any of the, the clocker stuff this week from Churchill, I mean, he, he and Hoffberg are a complete buzz horses. If, if I think that Magnum Moon's going to go off much longer than 6-1, to one, Good magic's going off a lot shorter than twelve to one, maybe closer to what Magnum Moon price six to one. Uh, as far as the long shots, Matt, give me a long shot or two, and as long as humanly possible, that could get in uh, to trifectas or superfectas that you'd be interested in. And don't say Hoffberg because I know you like him second. He is not going to be a long shot on Saturday. He's, he's going to be in the teens when this thing goes off uh, about seven o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, he doesn't really fit the bill. I'll give you a horse that selfishly I, I have a rooting interest in anyway, but I really genuinely think he has a chance, if you're playing a try or a super, to come along late. Instilled regard is the 15 horse for Jerry Hollendorfer. <laughs> I'm looking at those last two races, and I'm drawing lines through them. Uh, the Santa Anita Derby, the way the race was run was not to suit for this horse. Rosario was very, very passive and patient at the back of the pack. And he put in a little bit of a belated run. Maybe if you want to say disappointing, he couldn't run third. Not going to argue with you there. But to me, that was nothing more than a means to an end. Then the Risen Star. The Risen Star is the most polarizing race of all the preps because it was legitimately one, two, three, four throughout the entire race. No one made up any ground. No Belindi comes back to win the Louisiana Derby. Um, those top two, they took advantage of that situation in the Risen Star. And since then, they have disappointed. And then all of a sudden, if you draw a line through those two, you're left with the LeCompte where... It was a blowout winner against inferior company, I understand, but I think the pedigree would suggest this horse wants to run all day. Uh, he's going to be a giant price. He shouldn't be 50-1. to 1. He might be 50. I think he should be in that 30-1 to 1 range. And, uh, look, if he, has a, if he has a puncher's chance coming down the lane, I'm going to be losing my mind. And you've got a nice big uh, future wager on him. Mean, we look at the paper on Saturday, pick up your form. Uh, Matt's got Mendelssohn. He's Mr. Euro. Hofsberg. Uh, Justify and Bolt Doro as his top four, uh, and he gave you some long shots and horses against there as he picked through this derby field. I want to spend a couple of minutes, Matt, on, on some other races. We always do this with you. We have you on the podcast because our listeners are going to Mohegan Sun. They're going to the ODB. They're going to log in their ADWs. They're playing most of the day, so let's get some other opinions from a very sharp guy, Matt Bernier. Let's go to the Yokes, and I'll, I'll get into this after I, I hang up with you at the end of the podcast, but I, I've decided that... Uh, I have married myself to, to Midnight Bisu uh, in the Oaks, and, and my goal is to be alive in different increments to six or seven, eight horses in the Derby, in the Oaks Derby double. This thing is always pays more than it should. Even if it's Midnight Bisu and Justify on Saturday, it's going to pay a lot more than it should. And I, 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 don't, I, don't, I might just play it cold. You need to talk me out of playing uh, the California closer, Midnight Bisu, is the only horse I'm going to play in the Kentucky Oaks on Friday as part of the Oaks Derby Double? I think she's the most likely winner. Uh, I don't know if she'll be the favorite or not because people love Monomoy Girl, but I think Midnight Beast, who she's shown a little bit of adaptability. She can be a little bit closer if need be. She can come from off of it if the pace heats up, which I think it might. Uh, I, I love everything about her. I really have no knocks. If the weather shows up, she aired on that wet track two starts back in the Santa Isabel. There really is not a heck of a lot to knock about her, maybe other than price. So, I'm not going to talk you off of singling her. If you wanted to include another horse, uh, the horse that I picked in the race is Eskimo Kisses, the 13. And it, I'm getting a little bit concerned because I'm seeing a lot of people like Eskimo Kisses. So maybe she won't be the 15-to-1 or the 10-to-1 that I was hoping for. But 
for her, she was no match for Monomoy Girl in the Ashland. Monomoy Girl walked out on the front end. It was a very, very easy lead. Eskimo Kisses was running in last. I think this additional 16th of a mile, some of these girls are going to hate it. I think Eskimo Kisses is going to love it. And with a more honest pace, I think that's going to only be beneficial. And if the rains do show up, you only have to go three starts back to Oakland Park, where all she did was win by 11 and a half lengths over a sloppy track. Uh, I think Eskimo Kisses is a very, very live long shot, or longer price anyway, uh, in the Oaks. I wouldn't argue Ken McPeak had a good Cle- uh, a good Keeneland meet. He points horses there, but his horses ran really well. Didn't get the pace set up in that race. And uh, one of these rare horses where you look back and off Lasix, he's the, the, she has run a lot better. Her last three races have been her best three here. Uh, as a three-year-old, uh, I, I'm going to include, uh, we'll see if I uh, use in the, the Oaks Derby double, but I'm going to use in the race itself because you're right. I, I This looks like... A much more likely scenario uh, for closers on Friday with the Oaks. The weather uh, last year, remember, horses came from the clouds in the slop on Friday uh, on a wet track. So I, I, now I'm after to include uh, Eskimo kisses, but I'm going to focus in on Midnight Bisu. Three other races I want to hit. This is the under. These are the undercard races on Saturday. Uh, there's a bunch of stakes races leading into the Kentucky Derby with pick fives and pick sixes and rolling pick threes and pick fours. Three I want to hit with you. Uh, we'll start with race seven on Saturday, just before 2 o'clock. It's the Distaff Turf Mile. Uh, Phillies and Mares four and up. Uh, I found this race to be pretty tough. Uh, your thoughts on these uh, girls going a mile on the turf race seven on Saturday? I think it is a, a pretty wide-open race. Uh, the, the pace could be a major factor in this because I don't think there's a ton signed on, so maybe Lock Coronel works out the perfect trip. I'm hopeful that Proctor's Ledge can sit a little bit closer than coming from sort of the area code that she's been in most recently. But you gotta you got to be a little bit creative here with, with buying into my logic here. I don't think she likes Keeneland whatsoever, so I'm drawing a line through the Jenny Wiley, even though I don't think it was a terrible effort. She was very wide throughout. I'm also going to draw a line through the QE2 Cup, three starts back, or last start as a three-year-old. That Hillsborough that she ran at Tampa, it's going to look like, oh, well, she flattened out. I don't think she wants a mile and an eighth. I think she's a flat miler. I know she's only run over the distance twice. But if you run that Hillsborough at a mile, she is clear of everyone very easily. Uh, I love that turn of foot that she showed, and I just think she got a little bit tired. And then if you draw a line through that QE2 cup, you go back, you got two more starts up at Saratoga. They're both victories. I, I think Proctor's ledge, and again, she seems a little bit like she's taking some steam. Uh, I don't think you're going to get 12-1, to 1, but I think Proctor's ledge away from Keeneland at a more advantageous distance Johnny V gets them out. I like Proctor's Ledge. Yeah, and the other price I'll give you there, you make a lot of sense, is on leave for Suge McGahee and Jose Ortiz. Second off the layoff, this horse has been ultra-consistent. Uh, four for seven at the distance with a second and two-thirds, so never off the board at a mile. Uh, you know, If you make the case that maybe that race uh, at uh, Gulfstream Park was a means to an end to get here, did not run that poorly. Gets the other Ortiz brothers. So I'm with you. I'm I'm against the I'm against La Cornell in here. I think she's gonna have to chase uh, the seed of of Psycho Sp- Sister. Uh, and I like your pick, Proctor's Ledge, and I would, I would mention on leave as well. Uh, how about race eight, Matt? Seven furlongs on the main. The Churchill Downs, the Grade Two. There is a a couple of really fast horses in here, and it sets up that if, if you get a brilliant performance, it would not be surprising based on the depth of this field. Race eight on Saturday. Yeah, I have to be honest. This is the captain obvious pick, but I, I just think that this horse is really going to take some beating. Imperial, his, his, look, his run at Tampa, it was a paid workout. I get that. But Javier legitimately never moved a muscle on him, and all he did was win by five. The third-place finisher, Delta Blues Man, a next-out winner with a 99. And then you go back to what this horse did last year when he actually had to run. All he did was throw up a couple of 109s. I, there's nobody else in this field, even if Awesome Slew goes. I think Imperial hits it's just off of the two-horse Chief Secretaries. 
I think Chief Secretaries is a little bit on the cheap side. Imperial hit takes this thing over. I think it might be showtime in this spot. It's kickoff leg of a pick five. It's the second leg of the pick six. Uh, any picks that I am playing, they're all going to be key for this horse. And I have to be honest with you, I don't think I'm using anyone else, even if Austin Slew runs. I respect him. I think Austin Slew is very, very talented. But I just think Imperial Hit might be a monster. Uh, to have an ice-cold single to start the pick five and turn into a pick four would be huge for players. So Matt is going heavy on Imperial Hint uh, in race number eight. Uh, I think race number 10, the Pat Day Mile, it was as hard for me to handicap, and i still got work to do, I'll admit it, uh, as the Kentucky Derby was. You have horses that are sprinters stretching out to a mile. You have these derby horses or wannabe derby horses now cutting back. This race is loaded. We saw Wild Shot come from off the pace last year. Chad Brown's got a monster in here mask. You got Aiden O'Brien sending Sea Hedge in. All he did was, you know, run fourth to, to third, the U.S. Navy flag in Mendelssohn uh, on the turf a year ago at Newmarket. Help us through as tough a race as we'll see this weekend, the Pat Day Mile Race 10 on Saturday. It's probably one if you're playing multis, you're going to want to spread. You want some yeah. coverage in yeah. here because a couple things could happen. But I, I've always loved, since the debut, the number seven Madison's Luna for Phil Bauer. I, I've just been taken by this horse, still very green. And that could be his undoing, I think, on Saturday. Not necessarily that the talent isn't there to run with these types. It's just he's going to need to be a heck of a lot more professional. But what I've seen in those two starts, man, he, he has done nothing wrong. He's incredibly fast. He's incredibly gifted. I don't think a distance stretching out to a mile is any kind of concern. You look, he's by Tappet on the bottom. He's a half to Terrace Tango, who was a grade one winner going nine furlongs. He's a half to Visionaire, who I believe won the King's Bishop when it was called that. Now it's the Allen Jerkins. Um, this horse has the pedigree in spades. Now, the, the pace, I understand anyone that thinks it might be too hot and maybe it works against him, but I have a feeling that he goes up there. Maybe he presses the pace. Maybe he presses Lombo, who I would imagine they've got one way to go with him. And we see more often than not, in dirt races, I want to be forward. I don't want to have to come from out of it because dirt races are generally run when you're more forwardly placed. I think Madison's Luna is a major, major player in here, and I think he's going to float up from the 5-1 to one line. Uh, the horse that I'm going to, uh, and you're right, you have to spread in this race, and, and you mentioned Madison Luna to me yesterday, and going back and look, I have to use that horse now. I'm going to focus in on the number 5 horse, Mississippi, and maybe my undoing on Saturday is going to be that I'm too invested and too involved and too enamored with the Florida Derby. I'm going to end up picking Audible uh, in the Kentucky Derby itself. And Mississippi was one of the speeds in that Florida Derby, Matt. Audible came from off the pace with Hoffberg. Mississippi was third throughout, chasing those two lunatic speeds and promises fulfilled and, and strike power, and ended up hanging on for third. That was the first effort uh, in uh, almost two months. Uh, Cassie cuts back from mile and an eighth back to a mile, 10-to-1 morning line feels like a pipe dream, but a speed horse who made a little middle move, hung on, now cuts back. Mississippi, for me, I think has a big shot in what is a very deep field. I picked him second. I, I can't knock anything there about him. The entire scenario you laid out is 100% right. He was the first one to make a run into that hot pace, and sure, he was ready to fall down at the end of the race, but can you blame him considering how fast he had to go early? The big key for me with this horse is what you alluded to. I, it's 10-to-1. There, there's no chance. He's going to be in that four, five, six to one range. Um, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate toward him, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing if you're looking from a multi standpoint, especially in a race that's as wide open as this. But uh, I think Mississippi is going to be a very useful horse going forward. I don't know what his real game is going to be. 
I don't think he's really necessarily a nine furlong or a ten furlong kind of horse, but you keep him in these distances, I, I think he can make hay. Uh, we urge you to check out Matt's work uh, throughout the week and especially on race days like Saturday uh, at the Daily Racing Forum, the Daily Videos with Dan Illman and Mike Beer and those guys, the DRF Live stuff, and, and all the handicapping that we've talked about here in the last uh, almost half hour or so. All my work is done uh, with Formulator PPs. If you guys have not made the move from plain paper PPs or some other brand you're using, Formulator, you dial in, you get some of these numbers, how to train to do with a cutback, stretch out, it's a it's the next level of handicapping, and if you're not using them, uh, I think you're behind uh, in the game. So uh, I urge people to check them out. Uh, it's the way I play, and a lot of the, the guys that I know play that way. Uh, DRF.com, check out Formulator and give it a test drive. It is an excellent, excellent way to get yourself prepared for a great, great day of uh, wagering and a good couple of days uh, with the Oaks in the Derby. Matt, good luck. You'll be hoisting an, uh, an ice cold, or was it room temperature Guinness in Mendelssohn Winds? Is that what they drink over there? I, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't go with the beers, so I'll probably have a cocktail of, of my choice. But at the end, at the end of the day, at that, I wouldn't care. I'll, I'll just be tipping my cap to Aiden O'Brien and everyone else. <laughs> He's on Mendelssohn. Matt, great stuff. Good job, and uh, we'll talk to you before the Preakness. Sounds good, Mike. And of course, one of the big features of the Across the Board Kentucky Derby podcast, our guy Dick Girardi from Express Bet. He's the award-winning writer. By now, you know that he's with us today, courtesy of Express Bet. ExpressBet.com has the free Derby wagering guide. You can get anywhere. There are no restrictions on where you get it. There's no sign-up fee. It's free. Just log on to ExpressBet.com. Print out the uh, wagering guide. It's got Bob Newmeyer's picks. Newmeyer will be with me, uh, Emma Higgins' son, on Saturday for Derby 144. Dick's analysis in there as well, and just some great information to have at your Derby party on Saturday. And it's free, 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 expressbet.com. Print it out prior to the weekend. Uh, Dick Girardi, happy Derby, my friend. How are you? And happy Derby to you, Michael. I am doing great. It's the Derby. It's always a good thing. Uh, it is the Derby, and we have a horse that stands out uh, potentially on buyer speed and brilliance, and uh, that is the favorite on Saturday. That is justified. I wanted to start there in, t- in, out- in looking at this Derby with you because you do a lot of work with buyer associates, and that's the, the buyer speed figures, which are the Bible when it comes to uh, speed figures and racing. Uh, he stands out on buyer speed figures. Do you believe those figures are legit, Dick, and are you going to use those to make justify a strong selection for you in the Derby on Saturday? Yeah, they are absolutely legit. In fact, the Santa Anita Derby was a very simple uh, day to make. There isn't any question that the number is accurate, and that's obviously a big-time number uh, for a horse making his career start to get a 107. So, yeah, the numbers are there. Uh, the speed is there. Obviously, the trainer is there with Bob Baffert and that people are going to make a lot of deal about the 20-horse field, and and you and I have had this conversation a number of times before. I think the way to look at it is if you have a horse with a certain uh, certain speed edge, a certain tactical edge, it's not a 20-horse field. It's a four-horse field or a three-horse field. And that's where the winners have been the last few years, and I think that's going to happen again this time. I think Justify is going to be right up with the pace. He'll take that 20-horse field right out of it the first 100, 200 yards and uh, get himself a position, and uh, we'll see how see how fast he can run. So you don't have any concerns about that lack of foundation, Dick. You know, it, from, from a racing standpoint, you hear from when you start following this thing, got to have a foundation as a two-year-old. Foundation a two-year-old. No two-year-old race is making only his fourth career start. That... What what is it about this horse that offsets that lack of uh, experience as a two year old? Now it's a great question. If we were having this conversation in 1998, uh, I might have a different uh, reaction than I'm going to have now. Um, the whole sport, as you know, Mike, has really changed. Horses don't run as much. 
They don't run much as two-year-olds. They obviously run very few times as three-year-olds. So is there really any difference? Let's go back 10 years now. Big Brown ran once as a two-year-old in the turf race, ran twice as a three-year-old. So he had three races Hmm. coming into the Derby, very similar to Justify. I don't see a whole lot of difference just because a horse ran in, say, the fall of the previous year um, and the way horses are trained now. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Look, in a perfect world, would I rather see them have a couple races? Sure. Yeah, because you you just like any any experience is good experience, but – It's a a call between experience and talent. Give me talent. Well, you've always been a speed guy, Dick. We've had you picked as many. You picked more Derby winners than anyone else on this podcast over the years. And speed's been a big thing for you. Uh, Matt Bernier, who joined us earlier, he is going to pick Mendelssohn, and it's not it's not listed in the form. If you have the form for the Derby on Saturday. But it sounds like that Andy Byer and Byer Associates are, are putting their name and number behind uh, 106 Byer for Mendelssohn. He ran in the UAE Derby. He went to the front. He crushed crushed that field uh, back in March in Dubai. Do you have that same level of confidence in Mendelssohn's 106? Because that's a real number. I can see why people would suggest he's got the best chance ever as, of any of these European shippers to, to annex the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Yeah, I absolutely have confidence in the number uh, I wrote about it in DRF recently. It's interesting. Randy Moss, and, who, who works with the Buyer Associates, of course, uh, uh, one of the analysts on NBC, and Andy independently came up with the number. Mike, and how they did it was there were four American horses with a significant American form that ran in the Dubai World Cup. So it was pretty easy to, easy to extrapolate once that time went up to then go to the UAE Derby and figure out what the likely number for Mendelssohn was. So, yeah, I think 106 is right. I think that's accurate. My question would be, is he going to be able to do it again under different circumstances? Obviously, those were optimum circumstances on what appeared to be a live rail. But am I taking this horse seriously? And does Matt possibly have the winner? For sure. Uh, You have to take a guy like Aiden O'Brien seriously. He's one of the best in the world. And he didn't start thinking about this like a month ago. Uh, When he won the Breeders' (laughs) Cup Juvenile Turf at Del Mar, they said, look, our goal as a three-year-old is to come back here and to win the Kentucky Derby. So they've been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, He's got a great dirt pedigree. Uh, He's by Scat Daddy, same Cyrus Justifies, the half the beholder, the great mayor of one, I think, four clubs awards. So, yeah, he's the best chance they've ever had bringing a horse from Europe, certainly in my memory. None have ever won, but if if it's going to happen, certainly this horse is legit. Uh, You mentioned Justify being part of the pace, Dick. Take us through. I think this is the the biggest question on Saturday. Maybe it is for every derby. It feels more significant this year because you mentioned some of the horses that are going to be involved. Mendelssohn, Justify, Bolt Doro. These horses want to be forwardly placed. And in previous years, uh, you would say that because of the, the amount of speed in the derby, that's going to be tough. The way the point system has changed... You don't have those blazing horses like uh, Keat Entry. You don't have these horses like uh, Spanish Chestnut that really cook it. I still think, and I feel like I'm the minority here, this is going to be a pretty fast-paced. Who are the horses that you could see when they hit the, the finish line the first time be involved in that first vanguard early in the Derby on Saturday? Yeah, I think Promise is Fulfilled is certainly going to be in front. That's their intent. Yeah. Um, maybe Flame Away, the four, although I'm not, quite, I'm not sure Flame Away is as fast as Justify. In fact, I think he can make a pretty good case. Justify is the fastest horse in the race. If you look at his first race, that sprint race at Santa Anita goes to half at 44 and change. I don't know that they'll want to use him that way, but I certainly think they'll want to get him in the race. They don't want him to be seventh after a quarter mile. I think they'd like to be in the top three or four. So I think Justify will be second or third. 
And then a couple of the pledgers. I'm, I don't have any feel for how fast Mendel did it. I really don't because it was in a race with nobody wanted the lead, and he got, he got clear over in Dubai. I don't know if he's American fast or not. He was pretty quick in that grass race, but this is a little different. Uh, but the two pledgers, Magna Moon and Noble Indy from the auxiliary gate, I think they're going to be at least in the hunt. Uh, but if, if you said to me, give me a perfect scenario for Justify, Promises fulfilled is in front, coming out of the first turn, and Justify is second on the outside of that three-like spot. You mentioned Todd Pletcher. He holds a major, major hand in this derby. He's got four entrants. Three are stuck out in the auxiliary uh, gate, uh, Dick. Who, of the four, who gives him the best chance to, to get it done? Yeah, I think probably Vino Rosso, uh, and I only say that, not that I necessarily think he's better than the others, I think stylistically, uh, because if, if Justify, in fact, is going to uh, take a lot of the other speed horses out, which I think he's going to at some point, and maybe if they do, do go too fast and the closer's going to get there, I really like this Wood Memorial. And more importantly, I was fascinated that Johnny V chose Dino Rosso over Audible, who he could have uh, won and who has a better record. Uh, and he, you said to me, named the five smartest people in horse racing. He's on the list. Somewhere, I don't know. I don't know where he is. He and his agent, Angel Cordero, would be on the list. So that fascinates me. Of the ones that I've watched, I actually like Magnum Moon the best. Uh, I, I like everything about him. He's undefeated. He's got that same two-year-old thing that Justify has. But I've loved every one of his races. He's very competitive. He's got enough speed to be in the hunt. Uh, and his jockey, Louis Sias, is just on a roll right now. Uh, you got unbelievable Gulfstream beat. So, but yeah, it, certainly Todd is live. Uh, but yeah, I would probably say Vino Rosso for me, but that it could be completely different on Saturday. See, and this is why it's the, 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 the sport is so good and the opinion is so different. I, I would defer to Audible, and you mentioned the, the Castellano part. I assume that because he was in Dubai that day, he was off, or he was running. Boy, he was, he was somewhere else that day. So maybe I'll be proven wrong by that. But it's why it's so uh, fun to pick through this race because you can make a case for two or three of the different Todd Pletchers. The the other super trainer who's now joined that group is Chad Brown. Uh, he had the two year old champion in Good Magic. If there's a buzz horse this week, Dick, it is Good Magic, yep. and the reports coming from Mike Welch and the report guys uh, there. Is he anywhere in your mix trying to reset his form as a two-year-old? And was the bluegrass good enough to, to be involved on Saturday? Yeah, I didn't like the bluegrass at all. And if you'd asked me this question a week ago, I'd have said no chance. But you made the point that I will certainly uh, have to subscribe to. When uh, people like Mike Welsh are saying this horse is doing as good as he's ever done, and Dave Granning and guys whose opinions I really respect from DRF, and you know he's got the talent because he showed it to you in the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, you have to now at least give the horse an opportunity. You have to put him in the mix. If he didn't have that Breeders' Cup race, I would just go, well, you know what, he's just not good enough. But, boy, that race was explosive. And if Chad's got him back to that form, then, yeah, he does have a chance. He wouldn't be in my top three necessarily, but I can tell you this. I wasn't thinking about using him in exactly with Justify. I'm thinking about it now just because of what I'm hearing about how he's doing. And I've, and I've watched it. I've, I've seen all the... I've seen all the gallops, and he really does look great. Uh, Dick's a, uh, a speed guy, works with buyers, so when you open the, the express bet wagering guide, it's not a surprise that, uh, at least in your initial top four, Dick, you had Justify number one. That's not surprising. Yep. You have Lone Sailor number two. You are going to be one of the few public handicappers in the in, in, not 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 in New England in, in the country. Yeah, that's going to have top sailor in your top Lone Sailor in your top three. Uh, explain what you like about this horse, who is going to be a monster monster price on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't like Lone Sailor as much as I am looking for a long shot uh, this year's version of Commanding Curve. 
I think you'll remember I gave out as one of my exacta horses with California Cole 14. Whenever I have a horse that I really like who's going to be up near the pace, I I make an assumption, and it's based on history and watching a lot of races, that if that horse does what he's supposed to, eventually he's going to knock out all the other speed horses. So then I'm looking for somebody who's just going to be running the last 200 yards. And I said, all right, who's like, horse is improving with a trainer I like, and I'm a Tom Amos fan, and I know he's going to be a huge price. Uh, do I like Lone Sailor second best of all the horses? I really don't. Uh, but I just put it out there because that's the exact I'm going to give out. Um, and, and I like the price. It's probably going to pay 300 or more for two. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in that. That's what the Chrome uh, Commanding Curve exact paid in yep. 14. Um, but having said that, I, I mean, I got Hofburg, who I actually will probably bet more on in the exacta because he's a buzz horse right now, and obviously we're all Bill Mott fans. And, and Salamini is, to me, is quite interesting because they're going to completely change his running style. They're going to come from the back this time and try to make one run. And again, when I bet exactas and tries and superfectors, I'm trying to get horses that are different styles. Uh, if you bet horses with the same styles all the time, you're going to be in trouble because they don't often run together. And I got, I got my horse who I think is going to be up in front with three horses I think are going to be run at the finish. Yeah, it's interesting. Justify is going to be a speed. And the other three that Dick has after that, Lone Sailor, who is the 10, Hoffberg, who Matt talked about, uh, who will be the number uh, nine horses. I mean, Lone Sailor is the eight, Hoffberg is the nine, and then Solomini yep. is going to be outside of the 17. Those three are all closers. And if you... If you weren't, if you're there covering the Derby for just the best story, Dick, I, I think if Lone Sailor got it done, Lone Sailor oh, ends up being one of the best stories because Tom Benson, who no owned the Saints, he passed away. He owns yep. GMB yep. Racing. Uh, he had passed away yep. just before the Louisiana Derby, where Lone Sailor ran a huge second at nine to one. So, from a storyline standpoint, he would be uh, one of the bigger national stories that the sports world would glom onto. No doubt, the entire city of New Orleans would be celebrating, and I think I think. The- Pelicans play Friday and Sunday, so I think, hmm. that's, I think he owns he them, too, if I have it right. He owns basically everything in New Orleans. But, yeah, that would be a cool story. Tom Amos is a terrific guy. If I've ever watched him on TV, he's one of the good guys in the game. Uh, again, do I think he's going to win? I don't. And if somehow Justify was not in the race, I would not have one sale. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do, though. We're not trying to tout horses here. We're trying to give people different ideas exactly. for the way they play it. Dick's going to yep. play it uh, yep. the speed of Justify over three closers. Lone Sailor, who is 50 to 1, uh, along with Hoffberg and Solomini. That would be the 8 horse, the 9 horse. And the 17. As we always do, Dick, I want to do a couple of races with you. Uh, I I want to circle back to Friday because I think, uh, and we talked about this with Matt Bernier, one of the the better values this weekend is the Oaks Derby double. I went back and looked at the last 10 of those. And even even on uh, races where it was a favorite or a second choice, the favorite or second choice, it inevitably pays much more than it should with the you know a half a 2.5 3 million bucks in the pool every single year the horse i want to key on is midnight pursue the california invader is going to close into a hot pace give us some thoughts on the oaks for those who like me want to play the oaks derby double friday saturday yeah no i got i have no problem with that horse it'd be a great story and the trainer's been around for 100 years it's never really been in spots like this generally and and certainly she's had a phenomenal winter and spring out in california I mean, Monomoy Girl drove, obviously, drew very poorly yeah. with the 14. But she's got enough speed that I could see her sitting second or third into the first turn. But what you'd hate to see is her sitting six wide, uh, which could happen from out there because there is some heat. Um, so, yeah, you could be, you could be, you could absolutely have the right horse at midnight. So, the other issue, I, we're getting rain on Friday, uh, and I, 
I hate, I don't like rain in general, and I really don't like rain for horses coming from California if it's a muddy track. It just kind of changes because they they don't train in it and they generally don't run it. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. We won't talk a lot about the weather because I can't tell you on Thursday night, Friday morning, what the weather is going to be. You have to yeah. make your best judgment, exactly. watch the races, and if, yep. if speed it, we've we saw it at a Breeders' Cup. It's probably a decade ago now, but at Churchill Downs, it got wet. It started to dry up, and the inside was a speed highway. That might be the case on Saturday. I can't tell yep. you that now, but you've got to yeah. you've got to stay aware of these things and pay attention. If closers are, you know, you've got to adjust your thinking based on how the track is playing. A couple of the races uh, on Saturday, I want to hit all these stakes races between you and Matt Burney are two of the sharpest guys in the game. Uh, race six on Saturday, Dick, is the Humana Distaff that goes seven furlongs on the dirt. Uh, I really liked American Gal, the eight-horse last time uh, off the layoff in the Madison. She ran her eyeballs out and finished fourth by a neck. I'm going to go back to her at seven and two on the outside. Where'd you go in uh, race six on Saturday? Yeah, I'm with you on the post switch. Uh, look, Finley's Lucky Charm is just an amazing horse. Never lost a Churchill six for six. But she's got the rail, so she's probably going to have to run the whole way. Uh, there's not a lot of other speed beside American Gal, but because the posts are changed, this time, last time Finley's Lucky Charm was outside of American Gal. Whenever it looks like two horses tower the field, I like the horse that's outside. Uh, so I'm with you. I like American Gal. Uh, let's go ahead a couple of races uh, to the three-year-olds on the turf. I always like the American turf, Dick, because you have horses that – have been pointed to you know, dirt, uh, dirt, triple crown races. Now the trainers realize, the owners realize, okay, it's a turf horse. They get back to it. Untapped domain. Tried the Tampa Bay Derby. He's a turf horse. He's 5-1. to one. I think he's got a big shot in this race. And if you're handicapping now, it appears rushing fall will not run in this race. will run in the Edgewood uh, on Friday, so you can scratch out the 12. In all likelihood, as you start to handicap, where'd you go with the three-year-olds uh, going a mile and a 60th on the turf? In one of the hardest plays for me is looking at a horse like Speed Franco, the one who's had a, just a great uh, fall and then winter at Gulfstream is fast. It's certainly going to be loose of the lead, but you got to keep in mind this grass course at Churchill is dramatically different than what what he's going to yeah. experience. Uh, what he experienced at Gulfstream, which is very much of a speed favoring course. I would like him if this was at Gulfstream. It's not. I think you very well could be on the right horse again, Mike, on Tain Domain. It's just. Fits the course to me. I mean, really well. And there's not very many jockeys that I say, all right, add two lengths when I see him. Well, Jose Ortiz is one of those people. I love him. And he's as good as he is on dirt. I think he's even better on grass. So, yeah, I'm right with you. I like the 11. Uh, and, Dick, let's wrap up with uh, the 11th race. It used to be the. the, uh, the uh uh, used to be a different bourbon. Now it is the Old Forester uh, Turf Classic. It's a mile and an eighth, and I, th- I think it's going to feature the biggest favorite on the weekend. That's Beach Patrol for Chad Brown, five to two. Could see the horse being eight to five, nine to five. You going to try to beat uh, the chalk or eat the chalk uh, in the Turf Classic? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to try to beat him. I, I mean, look, there's some very good horses in here, but boy, I mean, Beach Patrol has all those triple-digit buyers. What two, four, six in a row, seven in a row? You don't usually see that on grass. Now, he hasn't run on since, since Del Mar and the Breeders' Cup turf, but, man, if you can get within a half a length of talismanic, yeah. uh, I love it. And, Chad, they're always ready. You know, there there isn't a question of will they be ready or are they ready. They'll, they'll be ready. The only issue is the price, as you said. But, yeah, I, think, I, I like Beach Patrol. I don't love them because, again, the layoff and the price and some good horses in the race, but he's the most likely winner for sure. Uh, and as we always do, I like to hit one sort of racing topic, and, and the thing that that I can't get past right now in racing is the, the infighting dick between 
the different companies and the ADWs, the the, the sport yep. as we know it. You know, you you're, you're normally there at the Derby. Uh, you won't be this year, so you will, like most of us, be on an, an ADW through whether you know, pick your favorite betting site. And you'll be playing the horses. Now you have companies uh, like Twin Spires and Churchill and uh, the folks out at HRTV and TVG. They're infighting so much that there's no growth of the game right now. And as someone who's been around the game for a long time, I'm curious, what, what is it going to take? And is, Do we stand a chance to, to grow as a sport, given that you can't get these platforms to, to forget, agree on anything? They run race at the same exact time on top of each other. They don't run bonus promotions on certain tracks. It just seems to be very defeatist right now in and amongst the people who should be growing the sport. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's a huge problem. You got you got several of the, of the as you said, the ADWs. Obviously, I'm here on behalf of ExpressBet.com, yep. which I love. But yeah, why in the world they can't get together and figure this out? And it's not it's not fair to the players because, as you said, they run races on top of one another. Some tracks want to ban people, and uh, and then you, you can't come in because you work for these people. It's insane. If it happened in any other sport, people would go nuts. Uh, there's just got to be a way. I've always thought maybe it is. Where is uh, where is the commissioner? That's what they need. They just need it. they need kind of nationalize the sport, have somebody in charge of it, then you could get rid of it. Unfortunately, it's like boxing that it's obviously regulated state to state, and that's just an inherent problem uh, that I wish I could solve, but I can't. But I'd be happy to volunteer to be commissioner. I could solve a lot of these problems in about fifteen minutes. My vote's in for Dick Girardi as commissioner of horse racing. Uh, you can see his take, see Numi's take, all the breakdown, the ExpressBet.com wagering guide. Uh, it is free. It is in color. It's got uh, all sorts of great information. you got picks from some very sharp people. ExpressBet.com. It's right there on the front page. You're looking at it now. Print it out. It is free. Have it locked in for your derby party on Saturday. Uh, Dick, best of luck this weekend. Hit them hard, and we'll talk to you prior to the Preakness. you got it. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. Opinions, takes, thoughts on Oaks, and more importantly, Derby Day 144 this weekend. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, again, might be wet weather. you got to handicap that yourself. Uh, we're focusing on what it might look like if the weather is not an issue uh, on Derby Day. Uh, as for our handicappers, just to uh, break it down for you, Matt Bernier gave you Mendelssohn, Hosberg, Justify, and Boltoro as his top four. You'll see that in the forum. Dick Girardi, he really, really likes Justify, and Dick has uh, been pretty sharp when it comes to these races uh, in the past. He is going to key Justify over long shots. Like Lone Sailor was 50 to 1, Hosberg 20 to 1, Solomini 30 to 1. Uh, as for me in the Derby, I, I have a take on the winner, but as far as the top four goes, my top four will end up being pretty lame. My big opinion this weekend is I want to hit the Oaks Derby double. And I'm going to do that by keying off Midnight Bisu uh, in the Kentucky Oaks. That'll come up uh, on Friday night just before 6 30, 6 12. She is the number 10 horse. She is a closer in a field full of speed. Even if it does rain, she's one on a wet track. She's two noses away from being undefeated. Uh, I think she has a huge shot. It's probably going to be a little bit bigger of a price than she should be because Monomoy Girl, who is going to be the favorite, drew the 14, is speed against other speed and is going to take money for Brad Cox, who has been uh, on fire as a trainer there in Kentucky. So my big opinion is not specifically on you know one horse or a horse is the way I'm going to play it in the Derby. I want to be alive to the Derby this year. It's a deep Derby field. I think there are six or seven, maybe eight horses that could theoretically find a way to win this thing. So my play is going to be to play uh, doubles, Oaks Derby doubles, King, a uh, big time off Midnight Bisu, and to a smaller extent, 
uh, off two other horses, Monomoy Girl, who the guys mentioned, and then number 11 horse, My Miss Lily for Mark Henning, who's run as fast as these. But the big play will be Midnight Bisou into a bunch of horses on Derby Day. And my top selection in the Derby is the number five horse, Audible. Uh, he has gone under the radar this week uh, in terms of the preparations go. Social media has been against this horse, which I like, which means he will not be the wise guy horse, the bud horse, buzz horse, the, the Twitter horse. Uh, this is a horse that uh, in the Florida Derby showed a push-button ability that you have to add to win the Kentucky Derby. And he sat behind some obvious speed, a promise is fulfilled, and strike power in that race. But when uh, John Velasquez said go, he went and did so easily. He has paired up 99 buyer speed figures. He is second off a layoff for Todd Pletcher. Todd Pletcher won this race a year ago out of the same post position with Always Dreaming. And look, I'm in the minority here for Saturday. I think the pace is going to be uh, strong. Maybe not supersonic. I think the pace on Saturday is going to be strong for this derby between Justify and Promises Fulfilled, and I think Freeze at Friends a Fire from the Rail is going to go. I think Magna Moon is going to go. I think there's a potential that uh, Bravazo is going to be a speed in this race on Saturday. He's the most likely horse to finish dead last is Bravazo, but I think he's going to be part of that first vanguard. And they're going to go 22 and then 46 and change, and people are going to say, oh boy, is a much faster pace we thought it was going to be. And I want a closer in that scenario. I want a horse that's shown the ability to rate off other speeds. I want a horse with a two-year-old foundation. Uh, and that is the number five horse, Audible. He's 8-1 to one on the morning line. I expect to get most of that, if not all of it, and more uh, on Derby Day Saturday. So for me, the best result will be Midnight Bisou in the Oaks, Audible in the Kentucky Derby. He's my top choice. After that, look, the, the logical horses that you know Midnight Bisou wins on Friday, I'm going to have my uh, doubles tickets uh, Bolt Doro, who I was up against it against Justify in that race in the Santa Anita Derby. He's just as fast as any of these horses. He's going to be triple the price, quadruple the price of Justify. Bolt Doro would be my second choice. I would use Justify as a third choice defensively uh, because there is potentially all, all that talent. Uh, Solomini is a horse I want to use. 30-1, to 1, Dick Girardi mentioned him. Uh, he's got a grinded-out ability. He is a horse that... Uh, can sit off the uh, pace. They're going to make one run at the end with this horse. I'm going to use Salamini. Good magic for Chad Brown will be my fifth. And then probably defensively, uh, Mendelssohn as a sixth. So for me, it's going to be a big-time play. Midnight Bisou, Bisou in the Oaks. And I'm going to be involved with a bunch on Derby Day. Headlined by Audible, the five, my top choice. But I would use the six, the seven. Uh, Hosberg, the nine, I will also talk myself into because he ran behind Audible. Uh, and then Solomini on the outside, a little bit of Mendelssohn as well, those five or six uh, with Midnight Bisou. My other big opinions on the day would come in the Pat Day Mile. I think Mississippi stands a big, big shot on the cutback and want to be involved there. And then way early in the card, uh, the Humana Distaff, I'm going to want to be involved in American Gal. I'll have picks throughout the weekend on both Instagram and Twitter at Mutt, M-U-T-W-E-E-I. You can tweet me with thoughts. Tell me how terrible this podcast was. My pick sucked. I want it all. I want the harassment all weekend. And really, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to, no matter where you're taking the Derby, whether you're with us down at Mohegan Sun, you're watching at home, you're hosting a Derby party. Uh, it should be a great time. Uh, it should be a very good competitive Derby. And no matter what happens on Saturday, we're back in two weeks because the you folks demand it. The passionate horse racing fan base of WEI demands across the board four times a year. Win, lose, or draw. We're back for the Preakness in a couple of weeks. So enjoy your mint juleps. Uh, enjoy, derby je- day, uh, enjoy Derby Day. And enjoy Derby 144. See you. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.